Well, welcome to this Wednesday edition of the Bottom Line Show. And you know what that means. That's right. It's Wednesday. It's 21st. It's the beginning of autumn. No, it's it's Everyone Wednesday. And today here on the Bottom Line Show, we've got a great book that we're giving away. Uh, we're going to have a fantastic conversation coming up with pastor and author Randy Frazee about his book, His Mighty Strength, uh, Daily Walk Daily in the Same Power that Raised Jesus from the Dead. We've got a link for that book up at thebottomlineshow.com. We've got a couple copies of the book to give away as well. And everyone who calls in is going to win something, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. That's the number to get you through to the bottom line. Now, on tomorrow's edition of the uh, National Crawford Roundtable podcast, uh, Bob Duco, John Rush, and I devoted the entire hour to a bill here in California that is uh, it's rather disturbing. If this was introduced by Assemblymember Evan Lowe back on Valentine's Day of t- this year. It's Assembly Bill number 2098. And the bill basically uh, addresses, they say, uh, Physicians and surgeons and unprofessional conduct. Now, listen to this here, because the ruling here, if AB 2098 is signed into law, could send shockwaves all throughout the country with regard to what your doctors can tell you about medicine and medical help, but also about how important it is for us to speak up. uh, And they're using the cover of COVID to basically... uh, literally put the First Amendment at risk. And, you know, I'm not a hysterical guy. I'm not a, you know, reactionary type of guy. I would never bring this to your attention with that kind of rhetoric unless there weren't those ramifications. Here's what the bill says. Existing law provides for the licensure and regulation of physicians and surgeons by the Medical Board of California and the Osteopathic Medical Board of California. Fair enough. Existing law requires the applicable board to take action against any licensed physician and surgeon who is charged with unprofessional conduct. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, most of us would agree that's fine. This bill would designate the dissemination of misinformation or disinformation related to the SARS-CoV-2 coronavirus or COVID-19 as unprofessional conduct. The bill would also make findings and declarations in this regard. Now, this went for the, uh, uh, the Assembly Legislative Committee and they passed it. And then it went to the State Assembly and they also passed it and then the state senate rather and then it's actually gone to a vote and the assembly uh passed it then the senate passed it then they made some amendments passed it again sent it back to the assembly the assembly has passed this this has been sitting on governor newsom's desk since september 1st he's got 30 days then to either sign it into law to veto it i believe he had the third option is you ignore it and then it just takes law anyway we're encouraging the governor to veto it and then the next question is well if he vetoes it do we have enough chutzpah in the state assembly and the state senate to not override the veto? Here is a, now here what's so insidious about this. Remember the, the the discussion is this would designate the dissemination of misinformation or disinformation regarded to COVID as unprofessional conduct, and if that did in fact happen to say one of your doctors, then they could be reprimanded. They could even be uh, stripped of their licensure. Now, if you had COVID, went to a doctor, and your doctor prescribed some kind of medication, well, good for you. I mean, a lot of doctors weren't doing that. A lot of doctors are saying, here's what you do for COVID. You get the jab, get the vaccination, move on. And I'm not, again, you've heard me say this time and time again. If the jab is for you, get it. 
If, if, if the boosters are for you, get it. If they are not, don't get it. But it's amazing to me how little information was actually disseminated, if you will, with regard to treatment for COVID-19. So this seems a little suspicious that they would be so concerned in the California legislature about coming up with this uh, mantra of uh, actually even amending the law to say that if you spread misinformation or disinformation about COVID, that you're going to lose your medical license. Basically, they, the, here's what they're, they're, they're finding. They say the legislative legislature finds and declares all of the following. First, the global spread of COVID-19 has claimed the lives of over 6 million people worldwide, including 90,000 Californians. Now, that, that's a rather suspicious claim. There have been 6 million plus people whose deaths have been attributed, attributed to COVID-19. But even the CDC said, at least in the United States, 94% of people who contracted COVID had a comorbidity if they wound up losing their life. Only 6% of the Americans, and that was over a million or so. Um, By the way, also interesting that in the most highly advanced medical civilization in the history of civilization, we had the highest infection and mortality rate here in the U.S. of COVID. That seems really weird to me. I wouldn't expect that to happen. There were parts of rural sub-Saharan Africa that weren't impacted the way the U.S. was. That seems a little suspicious to me. But the idea that the global spread that did involve the deaths of 6 million plus people, 90,000 in California, over a million in the U.S., but 94% of those were people who had a comorbidity, like they were a cancer patient whose uh, immune system was compromised or high blood pressure, diabetes, something like that. Second, data from the CDC shows that unvaccinated individuals are at risk of dying from COVID and a risk that's 11 times greater than those who are fully vaccinated. Now, again, the CDC can't fully define what fully vaccinated actually means, number one. Number two, there are new studies. There, I don't know how old this study was, but there are new studies coming out just about every day that indicate that the number of people who contracted COVID while they were in the hospital maybe hospitalized for COVID-like symptoms, but got COVID, wound up dying at a higher rate than people, whether they were vaccinated or not. Number three, the safety and efficacy of COVID-19 vaccines has been confirmed through evaluation by the FDA. Well, of course they're going to do that. The vaccines continue to go intensive safety monitoring by the CDC. Yes, they do. But in terms of the effectiveness, Dr. Deborah Burks, who was formerly spearheading all of this, has acknowledged in interview after interview that they knew that the vaccine was not a cure. They knew the vaccine was not going to prevent this or stop the spread. And yet here's California law saying, well, we, we, we've done FDA evaluation. Yep. Well, sure, the FDA evaluates it and gives it their conditional approval until it turns out not to be. All of the vaccination Uh, gobbledygook that's been coming out in the media you have to understand this was not a solution per se right off the bat this was a huge clinical trial and again if you got the vaccine and it helped you i god bless you i think that's fantastic i'm thrilled that it helped but if you took the vaccine or the follow-ups or whatever and then you got covid and you had a really bad bout of covid then you're like wait a minute what happened well for all intents and purposes you gave yourself covid now Segment D, everyone will agree with this one. The spread of misinformation and disinformation about COVID-19 vaccines has weakened public confidence and placed lives at serious risk. Amen to that. The disinformation and misinformation. And by the way, uh, California, this bill spread, classifies misinformation as false information that is contradicted by contemporary scientific consensus contrary to the standard of care. 
in other words misinformation we get it if you're lying to people then you're you're messing up their health potentially and messing up their lives in this case here the california law that is pending governor newsom's signature misinformation means the false information that is contradicted by and i'm using their exact wording here contemporary scientific consensus in other words, if we find 100 doctors that all agree that everybody should get jabbed and jabbed and jabbed and jabbed again, and somebody else says, hey, wait, uh, I think natural immunity is better. No one looks at the science. At that point, they look at the consensus. And that's dangerous. That's misinformation, according to this law. Disinformation means misinformation that the licensee deliberately disseminated with malicious intent or intent to mislead. In other words, that says your naturopathic doctor, like Dr. Stella Emanuel, who was a guest on the Bottom Line show last month, who says, hey, look, if you come to me and you've not been vaccinated yet and you contract COVID-19, I can give you treatment through ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, and that's going to help you. By definition, in this California law, that's now called disinformation because it is, and I'm using their words, deliberately disseminated, conveyed uh, to the, you know, the patient, with malicious intent or intent to mislead. It's not malicious intent. They're giving them good medical advice to help treat uh, this virus. And for many people, it has proven to be very effective. You see the one-sided nature of this bill? California AB 2098 basically then puts us in a situation where there is uh, the potential. It says here, the California State uh, Assembly has declared health misinformation to be a public health crisis and has urged the state of California to commit to appropriately combating health misinformation and curbing the spread of falsehoods that threaten the health and safety of Californians. I agree with that. I think most people agree with that. The problem is the way this bill has defined it. They're saying, look, all of the COVID hype that you heard, all of the jab or else that you've heard, all of the make sure your kids get the vaccination, even though it's not proven to be effective with children. Forget what the actual science and data is saying. If the consensus says that it's right, this should make every Californian upset. And your doctor could wind up losing his or her medical license for simply giving you medical advice that is beneficial and also, but it's outside the realm of what the cool kids are saying at the FDIA and the CDC. We'll put this article up at thebottomlineshow.com. Continue to pray about this. Reach out to your California state senators and state assembly people. Reach out to the governor's office and say, Governor Newsom, please do not sign this bill. Veto this bill. Do I mean, it looks like the deck is stacked against us, but it's already passed the legislature. It's already passed the Senate and the Assembly. And the fact that it has been, as they put it, enrolled as of September 1st, now the clock is ticking for Governor Newsom. Uh, we're going to dive deeper into AB 2098 and the national ramifications on tomorrow's edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. And by the way, we carry the first half of NCR on our network here, uh, depending on wh- where you're listening to us. Uh, I know KLDC, uh, we, Denver carries the full hour uh, on KLZ on Thursday afternoons. Uh, here in Southern California and Northern California, it's a half hour, 10.30 a.m. on KCBC every Thursday, uh, 4 to 4.30 uh, Pacific time here in KBRT world. 
Um, they also rebroadcast the first half hour on Saturdays at 3, and the second half hour now is being rebroadcast Sundays at 3 as well. So you get a chance to hear the whole thing. Of course, the easiest way to find it is just go to myhopenow.com, and you can watch the video and listen to the audio, etc., etc. So let's take a quick break. Whew, need, a, need a breather after that one. As we continue... Um, Let's talk about what it means to walk daily in the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Do we really fully understand what that means? Pastor and author Randy Frazee is going to take us on a journey for that. Uh, If you feel like you're stuck in the valley and you can't walk daily in that power, his brand new book called His Mighty Strength will help you do just that. And keep in mind, today's Everyone Wednesday, so we got a couple copies of Randy's book to give away. 800-227-5278, but everybody who calls in is going to win something today on this special Everyone Wednesday edition of The Bottom Line. Pastor Randy Frazee coming up next. Want to continue receiving income into retirement with little market risk? Dennis Wilson and Wilson Financial Services can help you secure a permanent income and benefits addressing your risk tolerance with professional advisory knowledge. You have a large 401k or IRA as your retirement nest egg. How about a four-dimensional plan that will pay you and your spouse income for life without stock market risk? How about we include inflation benefits so your income goes up annually? How about we include extra income benefits for long-term care? And if you need one or both, you both have it. That's right, permanent income inflation benefits, long-term care benefits with no market risk. We have put over $50 million of our clients' money in the 4D account in the last few years. These clients are sleeping way better at night. Learn more when you call Wilson Financial today at 800-696-9970. 800-696-9970. Wilson Financial for simply better alternatives. Well, a special guest joining me once again here on the Bottom Line Show. It's always wonderful to get some time with Pastor Randy Frazee. And uh, he's got a brand new book out that I think is going to be of great importance to people that who are looking at the world that we're looking at today and saying, I feel like I've got a faith that's there, but I don't always feel like I'm walking in the same strength and power that I used to. The brand new book is called His Mighty Strength, Walk Daily in the Same Power that Raised Jesus from the Dead. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Pastor Randy Frazee, welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. It's great to be back, Roger. Thanks for having me. Can we talk about this for just a moment? Because first of all, let me ask you how you're doing. The last time we've spoken, I believe you were in San Antonio. Now you're in ministry in Kansas Mm -hmm. City. How's the past 12 to 15 months been in the Frazee household? Uh, it's been uh, it's been a wonderful ride, and uh, partly uh, it's the things that are in this book uh, that has got me into a spot where I'm I'm feeling like I'm living in the strength that God is providing versus maybe the strength that I was providing, and it's been it's really wonderful. So everything is everything's hitting on all cylinders, even though this has been a tough journey for many people. Uh, I know, uh, yet yeah, I'm feeling a little bit of wind in my back right now. Yeah, that's good to hear. Uh, Randy is the lead pastor at Westside Family Church in Kansas City. He and his wife, Roseanne, live there in Kansas City, Kansas. And and if you've ever done the story or the Believe Church engagement campaigns, Randy was the mastermind behind those, I mean, though he would never call himself a mastermind. So I'll do the Proverbs <laughs> 28 thing, too, and boast on your behalf. Uh, let's, let's talk about, let, let's talk about what, what it means to live in this resurrection power. You've, you've boiled it down to three simple steps 
that I, and I always say simple, but they're not easy in terms of being empty mm -hmm. of mind and empowered. Let's talk about the, the emptied part first and foremost. There are people who would, would take a look at the Lord and say, we're so glad that God came and paid the penalty for our sin, et cetera, et cetera. But we don't necessarily think about the cost, if you will, necessarily that, uh, that Jesus actually went through. Uh, I don't think we can fully understand it. Talk about what Jesus left behind and why it's important for us to know that. Yeah, great question uh, to start off with. And, and, the, and they are three linear steps. That, you know, so it, you have to take one before you can go to two and two before you can go to three. Uh, and by the time you get to the three, it really starts to get easy. But the first two are really difficult uh, because of our human nature. And, and what, we're, what we see in Ephesians 1 is that you know, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. So we have access to this power. But you ask yourself the question, why didn't Jesus raise himself from the dead? And the answer to that question is because when he left the heavens and this eternal plan to come and, and pay for our sins, when he, when he left the heavens, Philippians chapter 2 tells us that he emptied himself. It being in the very nature of God, he did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage because he wanted to empathize with us. He wanted to represent us. He wanted to show us the way. And so basically what Jesus did is he emptied himself of his control. And in, in, in the simplest terms, basically the three omnis, if you're familiar with them, omnipresence, meaning God could be all places, at, everywhere at all times, omniscience, God is all-knowing, and omnipotence, all-powerful. Those are the things that Jesus possessed in the heavens. But when he came on earth, he left access to those behind, didn't change his nature of God as God, as God whatsoever. But he left them behind, so he did not have access. So he emptied himself of control. And if we follow the pattern of Jesus, then we have to do the same thing. We have to empty ourselves, not of control, but of the illusion of control, the illusion that we were ever in control. And that's one of the hardest things for humans to do, and that is to give up control when they, in fact, don't have control over the big things of life anyhow. So if you can give up control, you've taken uh, step one. And this is, by the way, Roger, what a lot of people do when they go to Alcoholics Anonymous. The very first step is to admit that you are powerless to do anything about your addiction. And uh, this is the first step in the process of tapping into the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Pastor Randy Frazee is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. If you're wondering, it sounds like crazy, but it's F-R-A-Z-E-E. That's if you're Googling along with us at home. I'm Roger Marsh. Randy's brand new book is called His Mighty Strength. Walk daily in the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And we've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. You know, I, God's a Trinitarian God, and he likes to do things in, in threes. I'd never heard that phrase, the three omnis, before. You know, and when you talk about those things, especially uh, Jesus actually had the, you know, the control and the knowledge and the power and had to leave them behind to come to be with us. We, but we have, I, I love how you put this, we have the illusion that we have those things. And how many times do we see this in, in the myopic, self-centered, human fleshly nature that we encounter in other people? And sometimes, you know, still kind of that residue hangs on to us. How, how do we... How do we come to grips with this, Pastor Randy? I mean, the, the, it, I think for a lot of people, it's tough these days when you're saying, look, I need a certain measure of control in my life because the world's been so fragmented and disoriented over the past 18 months. Yeah, you know, the serenity prayer is kind of a good old, it's a, a good place to begin. You know, basically, God grant me, you know, the serenity to, you know, basically a paraphrase is to control the things I can control and to give you the things I can control and the wisdom to know the difference. So there are things that we can control, 
-hmm. and we are expected to, but they're really the little things in life like going to bed on time and eating properly and being disciplined about this or that. But when it comes to things like global pandemics or addictions overcoming your life and, and trying to get on the other side of those, or in my case, dealing with a bout of betrayal that took me into a state of depression, mm. uh, you know, those are the things where we don't have the control to deal with this. And so um, what I do, Roger, uh, and I, I talk about this in the book as a daily discipline, because it's not a one and done kind of thing. Okay, I gave up control. I'm beyond that now. I'm moving on to the next thing. It's a daily discipline. And, and what I do just as, a, as sort of a, a physical exercise is I'll, uh, every day I just take my fist and I hold them really, really tight. I did this morning and, and, and just push a little bit. And I just take all of my fears and all of my tension and all of my anxiety and I just cry out to God and I tell him, this is what's bothering me. This is what's making me fearful. And then what I do uh, I, uh, I I slowly open my palms and release the tension with the palms upward, and I basically say I am powerless hmm. to do anything about this, uh, and, and I need you. And then basically I turn my palms downward as as a way of dropping or letting go of control of my life. And Roger, I tell you that simple little spiritual discipline uh, continually keeps me in, 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 in recognition that I do not have access to the power to overcome, and particularly the things that people are going through today with the pandemic and all of the things that have resulted from it. These are kinds of things that we do not have the power to overcome on our own. Mm. And that's such great counsel, especially now, especially as we consider the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, and it may, I, I, I don't want to sound disrespectful, but it may almost be somewhat sacrilegious or an empty exercise to a lot of people instead of, say, instead of looking at it for what it really is, which is you know, what did Jesus live, leave behind? And then how did he live his life on earth? I mean, it, you talk about this in your book, His Mighty Strength. The, the, the idea that I think a lot of people still have this idea that Jesus is a series of memes and precious moments figurines and mm -hmm. Robert Powell mm -hmm. playing the great story for told I me mean, we've got bits and pieces of it. Get, help us understand how Jesus really lived and how that shows us how we need to live in the modern world. Well, it's going to give you a tremendous sense of love for Jesus, and particularly, you know, people that are brand new to their faith or maybe even haven't crossed that line. This is going to be a great discovery. But I have found, because this book was a discovery for me just a few years ago, about how much Jesus gave up and how he was showing us the way to live and to tap into it. Uh, uh, and, and, and so basically, you, you really fall in love with him uh, when you realize what he gave up. Now, now that he's back with the Father again, he has access to those three omnis again. He's got, all, he's got them all back again. But when he walked on the earth for 33 years, uh, he needed to rely on the power of the Spirit of God to get him through these things, to perform his miracles, uh, to heal, and even to raise himself from the dead. And he's saying that same power is available to us. So the second step, if you don't mind me dropping into it just briefly, go, let's that's go, okay. Yeah. Uh, sure. second step is, 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 the second step is you have to align your life to the will of the Father. And what you read, if you just read nothing but the Gospel of John, I talk about it in the book, and you notice all of the times when Jesus basically went to prayer and said, I do not do anything. I don't move to the right, to the left. I don't speak anything apart from the will of the Father. Jesus was obsessed with aligning his life to the will of the Father because he knows something that we need to know, and that is the power of God is reserved for the will of God. And one of the reasons why we don't live empowered lives as followers of Jesus is because we are wanting God's power to be unleashed on our will, not mm -hmm. his will. And so we have to go through the process of hearing the voice of God 
and aligning ourselves to the Word of God. And when we do, the power then comes in step three. That is amazing, and I want to, we're going to take a break, and we'll have a lot of time to get into step three on the other side of this break. Pastor Randy Frazee is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. His brand-new book is called His Mighty Strength, Walk Daily in the Same Power that Raised Jesus from the Dead. Uh, we've got a link for this book up at thebottomlineshow.com. We'll talk about what that empowered life looks like on the other side of this break as The Bottom Line continues. Welcome back to this special edition of The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. It's Everyone Wednesday here on the program, and we're at the midpoint of my conversation with pastor and author Randy Frazee talking about his new book, His Mighty Strength, Walk Daily in the Same Power that Raised Jesus from the Dead. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. You know, it's, you think about the resurrection power of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The good news for us as Christians is we know that when Jesus was raised from the dead, I mean, that power, raising himself, but we also understand, too, that this is not a metaphor. Oftentimes, a lot of people think of, you know, the power of, of, of Jesus' love and, you know, the, the conquering death and hell. We kind of think of it symbolically, you know, poetically, uh, maybe uh, metaphorically. But this is real. I mean, this is a real source of strength that you and I have access to right now. And as we embrace what God has given to us. I mean, the, the thing I love about this book is this is not the kind of book, it's not like a self-help book. I mean, this is really the kind of resource that will help you see what the power of the Lord's resurrection power and strength is all about and how this is the power that we are called to walk and live in so we don't feel beaten down by bills like California Assembly Bill 2098 that looks says that basically it's going to try to silence our First Amendment rights. I mean, trust me, we have brothers and sisters living in China in Afghanistan, in also Iran, where the gospel is spreading like wildfire, and they don't have the same legal rights we do, but they've got the same resurrection power, and they're living in it. So I encourage you to check out Randy Frazee's book. It's called His Mighty Strength, Walk Daily in the Same Power that Raised Jesus from the Dead, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Uh, we'll take a quick break, and uh, it's Everyone Wednesday, of course, so when you call, you know you're going to win something. Uh, we'll continue with part two of my conversation with pastor and author Randy Frazee in just a moment as the bottom line continues. Right after you get into an accident, you need to call Stephanie Cover of Cover Law to begin the process of healing. Too many people make the wrong choice and try to handle their case on their own. Don't be gullible. Your insurance company does not have your best interests in mind. Their job is to save money, not help you recover. Stephanie's priority is you. She will help you recover wholly, mind, body, and spirit, as well as get you the settlement you deserve. Begin your recovery by contacting Stephanie first and follow her instructions to streamline your healing process. Stephanie has over 25 years of experience and knows how to get you healed and restored. Although your friends and family may have good intentions, they are not personal injury attorneys and therefore they do not know the best way to help you. Stephanie Cover does and she will help you put the pieces back together financially, physically, and spiritually. You need to write down her number now. 877-214-4935 or go to kbrightradio.com slash Cover Law. Your healing begins with Cover Law. 
Randy Frazee is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. As uh, he likes to say, just think crazy with an F, and that's what you're going to get. Randy Frazee is the lead pastor of Westside Family Church in Kansas City. Uh, if you've ever been part of the Story Bible Study Series or uh, the Believe Church Engagement Campaign, uh, those were uh, Randy was the, uh, the brains behind that operation. His brand-new book is called His Mighty Strength, Walk Daily in the Same Power That Raised Jesus from the Dead. And we've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Just to review, this is a... A three-part process that Pastor Randy's been uh, outlining for us. Uh, The first and foremost, understanding what Jesus left behind and what we need to leave behind in terms of self-control and the things or the the illusion that we actually control things. And the fact that Jesus did really leave his uh, omnipotence and uh, um, um, uh, the three omnis again, remind me of them. Once again, Pastor Randy. Omnipresence, omnipresence, uh, being ev- can be everywhere at all times, Omni- right. omniscience, all-knowing, Knowing. and then omnipotence, all-power. Right, and, and leaving those temporarily behind to walk the earth with us and showing us the example of lo- wanting to, we can't be everywhere at the same time, we can't know everything, uh, we don't really have control over our lives. The second part, the alignment part, I thought was brilliant, Randy, in terms of you talk about how Jesus lived and the fact that he did not try to do anything of his own volition, but rather everything he did was the Father's will, and when we follow that example too, uh, kind of recap that, if you will, before we get into the empowered part. Yeah, this is uh, this is such an important thing for a follower uh, of Jesus, and, and uh, again, explaining why maybe sometimes we don't uh, experience the power that we thought we were going to have when we became Christians, and that is that we uh, we ask God to empower our will, and it just doesn't work that way, and Jesus showed it to us meticulously. And the beautiful thing is, is when you align your life to the will of the Father, which is basically why it's important for you to be in the Word, while it's important for you to listen to the Spirit, speaking to your Spirit, and why you need to look at the circumstances around you, and all those things together will give you a clue as to what God's will is. And it's not that hard. It's just simple kinds of things, and you lean into those, and uh, and when you do, what you discover is that the will of God is always way better and way more exciting and way more filled with purpose than any of the things that we had on our agenda. And here's the deal. And when you align your life with that, God will empower it. Now, we're talking about this empowering and recognizing, of course, that Jesus in his human condition, but still being fully God and fully man, uh, when it came time to rising from the dead, there are those who would say, well, sure, Jesus raised himself from the dead because he, he needed to. Let's talk about the nuts and bolts of this and then what it means for us as Christians, too. What, what, what does it mean to, when you, people ask how Jesus rose from the dead? How do you respond, Pastor Randy Frazee? Yeah, again, a big surprise for me, being a pastor now for 32 years. It wasn't until a couple of years ago when I when I first started diving into this passage. So wait a minute, why didn't Jesus raise himself from the dead? And you go back and you study it, and it's there not just in Ephesians 1, but it's in Romans chapter 8. And then when you go back and look at the story of Jesus' life, you realize that he made it very clear that that uh, when he was casting out demons and performing miracles and healing people, he was doing it in accordance with the will of God, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, that same Spirit, I'm going to leave with you as I go back to the Father, and that same Spirit will empower you. The word is dunamis in the Greek, which is where we get the word dynamite. We have the, we have dynamite to overcome all of the obstacles in our life when it's in accordance with the will of the Father. Hmm. Okay, so we, we've, we've got that power now. So how do we rise in the same way that Jesus was raised from the dead? What, what is that process like, and why is it important for us to, to live that way? Yeah, 
so when you empty yourself of the illusion of control and when you align your life to the will of the Father, then the only step left for empowerment is to yield to the presence of the Holy Spirit within you. And what I say, this is not about trying harder, but it's about yielding harder. And this is the easiest of the steps, but it's getting out of the way. Now that you know that this is God's will uh, for you to move in this direction, then you can just be at peace, let God's timetable take over, and know that you're going to be empowered. And if you watch, you're going to see things line up and things happen and transformation take place that you could have never have dreamed of before. It may not be instantaneous, but you'll see it work itself out uh, in the course of your life. And not only will it enable you to overcome the things that are currently holding you back that God wants you to get over, but even what you're going to really see is that it, that, that Jesus rose from the dead by the Holy Spirit, and one day those of us who believe in him, that this is not how our story ends on this earth, our story ends with the resurrection from the dead as well, and we don't have to pull that off. The Holy Spirit will pull it off for us in a miraculous way. You know, I'm talking with Pastor Randy Frazee today here on The Bottom Line about his brand new book called His Mighty Strength, Walk Daily in the Same Power that Raised Jesus from the Dead, perfect for the Easter season, and we've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. What's interesting to me is that everything you just described makes sense, but it kind of gives me the impression, and I don't know how else to put it, Randy, I'm just going to say it. I don't have to do anything. I mean, I just, I mean, and a lot of times people will kind of get inactive and go, cool, I could just kind of keep walking through life and the Holy Spirit's going to do these things. How do we know the difference? You were talking earlier about how exercises you do in the morning to kind of release control and things like that. How do we know the difference between I'm waiting for the Spirit to empower me to literally raise me up so I can do these things that God has for me in His will and cool, I could do whatever I want to and if you tell me something different, well, I'm doing what God wants me to do. You know, that kind of human tendency. <laughs> yeah, you know, you can deceive yourself and, op- and and try to live your life. I'm going to just do whatever I want. But that is totally antithetical to the pattern of Jesus, because you don't do whatever you want. You do whatever the Father wants you to do. So in the case of if you're, if you're a, a husband, you know that it is the will of God for you to be an instrument uh, to minister to your mate. And so he will empower you uh, to become an amazing husband uh, to your mate. He will enable you to do that. And this is not just doing whatever you want to do. This is aligning your life to the will of the Father. If you have an addiction, uh, it is hard to overcome addictions in your own strength and your own power. Uh, But it is God's will for you to come out of that addiction. And so if you align your life to the will of God, then he will begin to empower you. And now sometimes that empowerment is going to ask you to do things uh, and go places that are going to be challenging for you, but God will give you the strength to do it. Just like when Jesus was in, in the Garden of Gethsemane the night before he was crucified, he said, you know, uh, I, don't want, I don't want to go through with this. Let this right. cup pass for me, but not my will, but your will be done. Well, it was the will of the Father for Jesus to go through the six hours on the cross. But, the, but God was with him, and the Holy Spirit was with him there to see through that difficult experience. So you may have a difficult, maybe chronic illness, and, and, and God's will may not be for you to, uh, to be healed of that. He might have a reason for you to keep, you know, to keep that as a part of your life like he did with the Apostle Paul, uh, but he will give you the strength to see it through. And, uh, and, and you'll feel that power when you know that you're in the center of his will. 
That's a, a great way for us to wind this uh, conversation up with a fitting footnote from Pastor Randy Frazee today here on The Bottom Line. His book is called His Mighty Strength, Walk Daily in the Same Power That Raised Jesus from the Dead. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. We do have 60 seconds left, though, Randy. Uh, you have a, an afterword in this book that has an interesting title. You want to talk about dancing on mountains a little bit? Well, you know, I'm so glad you gave me that chance. Uh, I have to tell you that when I first was under contract to write this book, uh, I um, uh, it was just really a really a intriguing uh, theological kind of idea. And uh, right in the middle of of writing this book, I r- ran into a bout of clinical depression. Uh, and uh, matter of fact, uh, your good friend Chuck Booher, Pastor Booher, was a, was one of the guys that ministered to me through that experience. And I thought, how ironic it is that I am writing a book on how to tap into the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And there were many days I couldn't raise myself off of the couch. Mm. And I think that God wanted this book to run through my spirit, run through my soul. And so that's exactly uh, what happened. And I and so I chronicle my story of clinical depression throughout this book, beginning in chapter one called Stuck in a Valley, and I end dancing on mountains. Over a period of eight months, God gave me freedom from this uh, depression and really helped me to see that he is in control. Well, I'm sure everybody at Crossroads Church in Corona there is digging the fact that Pastor Chuck was a part of this process for you. He's a very inspirational guy, as you you and I have both discussed. And and Randy, I'm grateful for the fact that you were able to share this part of your story and that you were obedient to the fact that God led you through this season and said, you're going to know what this is like. It's going to touch your heart. And, you know, I I, I don't know that those are necessarily God's will necessarily, but I I know that Mm -hmm. God would walk through you during that valley. and, and, And I'm glad that he has, and you're a real inspiration. Randy Frazee, the author of the brand new book called His Mighty Strength, Walk Daily in the Same Power that Raised Jesus from the Dead. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Randy, thanks for your time. Thanks for the book, and thanks for being with us today here on The Bottom Line. Thank you, Roger. Always glad to be with you. Likewise, and this is a great resource. I highly recommend it, and I encourage you to give us a call right now, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. That's the number to get you through to the bottom line for a copy of Pastor and author Randy Frazee's outstanding book. And when you do call, remember today, of course, is Everyone Wednesday. And that's not just, we don't do this just because Todd's on the board on Wednesdays. Just want to throw that out there. Uh, but Todd does answer the phone on occasion. Uh, the the uh, We do have a gift for everybody who calls the program today. So we got a couple copies of Randy's book, His Mighty Strength, Walk in Daily in the Same Power that Raised Jesus from the Dead, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line, taking your calls uh, throughout the rest of the program today for that book and whatever gift you would like to win. On the other side of this break, it's been a while since we've wandered through a conversation between John Anderson, the former Deputy Prime Minister of Australia, on his outstanding podcast. He always has great guests, and one of my favorite guests on that program is Victor Davis Hanson. Uh, We're going to talk about America. We're going to talk about where we are as a nation, and uh, here are some wonderful insights from one uh, uh, one of the most insightful guys we know. We're going to take a look at what it means for us as Christians, especially, but uh to look at the mistreatment of the middle class in the United States, what is the state of our union? And then if we could glean from what these guys are going to talk about, what it is that we as Christians can do to strengthen our position in the culture, not necessarily to take over and run the government, but rather to stand up for our faith and to be the men and women of God 
that God has called us to be, especially for such a time as this. Victor Davis Hanson coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Welcome back to The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. My thanks again to pastor and author Randy Frazee for discussing God's mighty strength in our life, how we can walk in that same power that raised Jesus from the dead. He writes about it and his own battle with clinical depression in a book called His Mighty Strength, Walk Daily in That Same Power That Raised Jesus from the Dead. We've got a couple copies to give away right now at 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. And of course, today is a, and everyone Wednesday, uh, every Wednesday is everyone Wednesday. So if you want to call for Randy's book, that's great. If you want to call and say, hey, that sounds like a great conversation, but what else do you have in the prize package? Uh, well, that's that's why today's the day it is. 800-227-5278. Teresa and Todd love to take your calls. I was wandering through YouTube over the weekend, and I do subscribe to the podcast that is hosted by uh, John Anderson, a very insightful man who uh, formerly served as Deputy Prime Minister of Australia. And he's been out of politics for a while, but he hosts these podcasts, and he has fascinating guests. And Quite frankly, I think he gets the best conversation with Victor Davis Hanson that anybody does. He's a fellow at the Hoover Institute in Stanford, one of the few conservative voices. I don't know that he's necessarily a Christian per se, but he certainly does reflect biblical values, the biblical worldview. And they were discussing the State of the Union here in the United States. And John Anderson, of course, being a a politico himself, uh, very interested in what's going to happen with the U.S. midterms, following what's happening with the White House, et cetera, et cetera. And their discussion about the middle class, about taxes, about elections, things of that nature, the entire 50-minute conversation is up at thebottomlineshow.com. But I wanted to take some time today just to kind of wander through a few of the select highlights of this discussion because it really is fascinating. And it's also a reminder of how often we blast through our day catching 10 or 15 minutes of this or that without really taking the time to not only hear something, but this is kind of the the curse of social media, I believe. And that is um, oftentimes we'll hear a headline or we'll read a story or whatever, and we don't really give it a chance to to, to soak in and to sink in. And, um, you know, there's the opportunity. In some cases, we kind of go in one of two directions. Either you just kind of let stuff roll down your back. Oh, yeah, I kind of heard some of it and I didn't really get all of it. Or we'll hang on every single word and they get all upset when, you know, somebody <laughs> said, hey, that was wrong. what you said was wrong. And I, I, I know it's right. Um, looking at the sum total of everything that's going on, I think is, is key. And that's why these conversations are so viable. So Todd, if you would, let's get into this now. Victor Davis Hanson talked with John Anderson about the state of the American Union. Uh, here's cut number one. Go ahead. And roll the clip. It looks to me as an outsider as though the current president couldn't run again, if you look beyond the midterms, and the people behind him mm. are not really very appealing to the American people. Whereas the Republicans, you've hinted at it, have actually got some fairly yeah. impressive people. Uh, yeah. They could be a yeah. Churchillian figure. I think there's them. two points, and the easier one very quickly is, I think a lot of people would translate your worries into the nuts and bolts of it, or the details would be that Donald Trump has a unique ability to incite the left, and therefore there will be billions of dollars and psychodramas and melodramas that otherwise wouldn't exist with a Republican candidate that would be more uh, easy to focus on the issues. The second, when you use the word civilizational, I take that as transnational, meaning 
Western civilization in general, but the English-speaking peoples yep. maybe in particular. Yes, you and what it, we're the saying way, there, and yeah. what you're saying is that we're at a divide, and there's half of the Western world is saying, we believe in consensual government, small government, national defense, self-sufficiency in energy and production, traditional values that have worked, and we're not, we don't have to be perfect to be good, and we have mechanisms within our constitutional systems that we'll adopt for changes that are necessary. We're not fixated on race, we're ecumenical. We want people not by, we don't care about the color of their skin, whether we don't care, we just want them to be on the same page as far as our values go. And we welcome legal, measured, meritocratic immigration. That group of people is about half now. And there's another, the other half is saying, the United States in particular, but the West in general is flawed at its birth. It's got these elemental sins, it'll never recover. And borders are artifact of the past. It's a racist, sexist, uh, xenophobic culture. Inherently, we've got to destroy it. There's other paradigms we see around the world of socialism or whatever. Isn't that interesting to see the two different views of America as just laid out there by Victor Davis Hanson? And I think he, he really nails it. I mean, gets it spot on. On the one hand, you see people who believe in, uh, he mentioned meritocracy, as, especially as it pertains to, say, immigration. But that, that pertains to every aspect of life. You know, work hard, get an education, you know, take advantage of the opportunities that are there for you. And uh, let's see what happens. Now, well, now, one place that we as Christians, I think, could kind of slice that a little thinner is the fact that we would look at this and say, OK, were it not for the presence of sin, we would kind of have this utopian type of situation where everybody could work in a meritocracy. And you would, you know, gain based on what you put into the system and you'd kind of be penalized, if you will, by what you left out. We as Christians could see, okay, well, the reason why that doesn't work is because there's sin in the world. And so there are some evil people who will take a good system and they'll corrupt it for their own benefit. They'll take advantage of people, that, that, that type of thing. I think most of us have seen the American experiment that way for many, many years. More often than not, though, now what we're seeing is the, the second scenario that Victor Davis Hanson just brought up, and that is the fact that America is, is irreparably flawed, that the nation itself will never recover from systemic racism and sexism and, and things of that nature, nationalism. And because it's irreparably flawed, you got to burn this thing down, and maybe you start over again, and maybe you don't. And that, I think, it's a very subtle difference that people are making, but when you have organizations like the 1619 Project and people who are promoting what they call critical race theory, the danger is rather than saying this has the potential to be a good system, if not a great system. But because of sin in the world, we, we understand, and that's not an excuse, it's a reality. But then to say, okay, well, the whole thing's flawed because there's sin in the world, say, well, no, wait a minute. You know, the whole, everything's stacked against. Well, is it? I mean, you could see where it could potentially lead to the part where, say, for example, if you're African-American and you grew up in the deep south and, and you've had to struggle and fight and scratch and claw, that there have been systems put in place that, yes, were designed to hold you back. There's no question about it. The Jim Crow laws, the segregation is, I mean, we, we spent the first, what, 70 plus years of our nation's existence with this maybe 80 or 90 years dealing with legalized slavery that became illegal, but then you had the next 100 years of segregation. And that's just one example. 
of people who are being held back who would say, see, the system is corrupt. It's never going to work. The problem with that mentality, though, is I think pretty much summed up in one simple solution, and that is, well, if it is so systemically against the vast majority of people, why are more and more people rising up against it and either speaking to the problems of the systemic holdback, or why are so many people of all different backgrounds thriving? Why are they experiencing success? Why are they enjoying religious liberty? Why are people of all different backgrounds coming to faith in Christ in this nation more so than perhaps in other nations? And so it's a very, very fair point. And to the point John Anderson made about, you know, there are a growing number of people who are looking at the White House right now and saying, hey, this White House administration is not sustainable for two more years, let alone for eight or excuse me, four more after the two, so six. Um, but then the question is, well, where do you, <laughs> to, to, to paraphrase the psalmist, where does my help come from? Um, well, we, we know as Christians where our help should and does come from, and that's, of course, the Lord. Fascinating dialogue with Victor Davis Hanson and former Deputy Prime Minister of Australia, John Anderson, today here on The Bottom Line. Another cut coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. I'm not sure that that music would be, you know, who knows? Victor Davis Hanson is a farmer from the Central Valley, so maybe he would dig that kind of music. I'm not sure. Maybe a little Buck Owens or Vince Gill doing the Bakersfield album. I'm not sure. Uh, today here on the Bottom Line Show, we're walking through a fascinating conversation featuring Victor Davis Hanson and John Anderson, the former Deputy Prime Minister of Australia, talking about the state of the American Union, especially during election season. Todd, I know we have another clip queued up. Do we have enough time to get to it before the next break? Um, blink once if we do. Is it a long? Okay, well, let's do this. I will. Uh, I will take us through to the top of the hour here. We're doing. It's just live radio. You gotta love it. Um, and then we'll get to back into more of it on the other side of this break. I should point out, we're still getting a lot of calls for Randy Frazee's book, and it's an everyone Wednesday. So the good news is, you know, the you know people who are calling in. If you, if you sometimes people will call the bottom line show if we have like one copy of a book to give away. And they'll go, well, I'm not going to call because I may not win or I want someone else to have it. And then we have two or three copies of a book and all of a sudden the phones go nuts and everybody wants a copy. So I appreciate how kind and thoughtful you are and considerate of your brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, but Randy Frazee's book is up at thebottomlineshow.com. It's a fascinating personal story uh, for him about uh, the mighty strength of the Lord. It's called His Mighty Strength. Walk daily in the same power that raised Jesus from the dead and helps us rely on the power of the Holy Spirit, just like Jesus did. Uh, to respond to God's voice and decisions that we make, you know, the big ones and the small ones. And also we raise our expectations of how God's power can work in and through us. And if you're finding things that are holding you back, uh, maybe it's an addiction or a bad relationship or something, this power is the power that God has given us by the power of the Holy Spirit to live victoriously. And uh, Randy writes about it in his book. And I mentioned uh, before the break that uh, one of the endorsees of the book is Chuck Boer, the uh, senior pastor, lead pastor at uh, Crossroads Church in Corona, uh, which where we have a huge presence and uh, right there in the middle of uh, uh, the Inland Empire, so uh, right at the edge. So uh, if you're a Crossroads fan, I think you'll like Randy Frazee's book. We're giving away copies right now, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800 the number to get you through to the bottom line. This issue of citizenship has become a big deal for a lot of people in the world, especially those who are looking at Christians and asking the question, why do you guys put so much trust in a candidate, for example? I know a lot of people in the church were energized by the Trump administration, and he did a lot. But you want to talk about the verse I used to describe the Trump presidency is exceeding abundantly far beyond what we could ever ask or imagine uh, in that regard. 
But have we kind of misplaced as Christians? Have we misplaced our loyalty? I mean, we've got a God and country issue here. And of course, we want to, you know, give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and God the things that are God's. But what does it mean to be a citizen of the United States, especially when ultimately our ultimate citizenship is in heaven? We're citizens of heaven who are residents of earth. And for such a time as this, September 21st, 2022, the start of autumn, the final season of the year before we get into winter, of course. Um, what is God calling us to do? How is he calling us to live? How's, I mean, obviously, uh, your vote is important. And as Jason Yates was on with me yesterday, talking about myfaithvotes.org and the new voter uh, hub that they have there. to you can track uh, your local local elections. They do this on a national level, and it's fantastic. But the, it's a question that we have to ask. Citizenship seems to mean less and less in the United States every day. It, it seems like people who are here illegally are have almost better benefits, if you will, than, uh, than people who are here as citizens who are paying the freight. But may we as Christians use this question of citizenship in the U.S. to question our true citizenship, which is in heaven. And that's the bottom line on that. We'll take a quick break and come back with more of Victor Davis Hanson and John Anderson coming up next as the bottom line continues. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show on this Everyone Wednesday. I'm Roger Marsh. It's good to have you along for the ride today as we talk about citizenship. What does our citizenship in heaven look like? But how can we model it properly here in the United States of America where we're called to live? And I realize people listen internationally, but we have a few missionaries who've taken us outside the country. We're primarily a Western U.S. type of uh, station and that carries a program like this. And as we listen to this dialogue between John Anderson, the former deputy prime minister of Australia, and Victor Davis Hanson of the Hoover Institute, Stanford University, uh, a Central Valley farmer who just, you tell the story, it's amazing. There's a guy who's out farming one day and decides to start, you know, back to school. He's a college professor and winds up earning a PhD and has become one of the most brilliant conservative thinkers uh, in America right now. And I, I feature him often on the program. We get a lot of response from people who go online and want to listen to the whole clip. Uh, the entire 50-minute in interview actually is up at thebottomlineshow.com. But we're just getting some highlights here. His, he's been writing a lot about citizenry and citizenship. And I can't help but notice that we in the body of Christ might would be wise to take a look at not what do we get out of it. But, I mean, there are some benefits, obviously. But how does this impact the way we consider our citizenship in heaven? Are we living that same kind of way here in the States? Because we have brothers and sisters all over the world, and they're living in tyrannical dictatorships. They're you know, underground churches. I mean, people are being tortured. You read about these Muslims in parts of Africa that come to faith in Christ, where less than 1% of the, the country is are Christian, and they wind up being tortured in Nigeria. They're murdered in some cases just for being Christians. And sometimes we bellyache because a bakery gets shut down. You know, and again, I'm taking nothing away. I've met Jack Phillips. We, uh, we, we are acquainted. And I know what he went through, and it's horrible. Aaron and Melissa Klein, we're going to talk about their story coming up in a couple of weeks. And, and I, I can't, there but for the grace of God, I would never wish that upon anyone. But sometimes our citizenship in heaven forces us to look at our citizenship here on earth and ask the question, you know, where's the real struggle? And how do we continue to live as citizens of heaven in a nation like the United States that is moving more socialistic, moving more communistic, moving more Marxist? And so this, these dialogues, I think, are helpful. Uh, here's uh, cut number two now. This is John Anderson and Victor Davis Hanson talking about the state of the American Union here in citizenship in particular. 
And we're at a point now where the latter, the latter group, the critical group, the anti-Western group, controls the corporate boardroom. They control, I think, a lot of big tech, Silicon Valley, the traditional media, social media, professional sports, Hollywood entertainment, all of the foundations that fund all of these various Soros projects, uh, DAs that don't believe in traditional crime and punishment and deterrence and incarceration indictment. And so the odds uh, are with the left. They have the money in this new globalized economy. They have the connections, they have the influence, they have the reach, so to speak. All we have is the people, the middle classes. Yeah. And so if you put it that way, then personalities are not so important. The traditionalists are saying, we appreciate what Donald Trump did. He was, he was a general in, in the army, but we, we're not about a general. We want gen all generals to appear, and the person who's going to be the most effective is going to get our allegiance. And, being, and how do we define effective? It means do not give the left an inroad because you have no margin of error. So every time you talk about something that they want you to talk about, or every time you tweet something that they can pass off as being crude, they win. We don't, we, we, at this late date, given the resources of the opposition, we have no, we have no margin, no laxity. We have to be serious 24-7. And I think that's what the issue is. It's a little... It's getting each four-year cycle in the country, it's getting harder and harder for traditionalists and conservatives to maintain the civilization. And uh, I think that's where we are now. And it's up to Donald Trump to decide whether he wants to, again, to lead the party. But if he were to lead the party, there can't be any, uh, you know, you can't say Anthony Fauci throws a ball like a girl. That's one day out of the news cycle you lose. You can't say that Liz Cheney is an idiot and a corrupt and all of that. That's one day, half a day out of the, you can't do it. You're not talking about closing Anwar down or you're not talking about uh, canceling the Keystone Pipeline. These are existent, are telling the, our closest allies in the Mediterranean, the Israelis, the Cypriots, the Greeks, we're against East Med Pipeline as Biden did. So there's really issues that are important and you can't, you can't waste one second. It's, it's, five minutes to midnight in Western civilization. Isn't that interesting? What a, what a powerful analogy. And I'm so glad he brought this up because oftentimes people will ask the question, I, I, you know people, I know people who will have conversations in the social media realm or just the media in general. And you wonder why certain stories get a certain amount of oxygen and others don't. And you know, how do we engage? You'll, you'll notice this program is a call-in program and it isn't. I mean, it's not your traditional I'm mad and you're mad and let's call and find out, talk about why we're mad. I mean, that's, that's not what we do here. We have conversation, we have dialogue. But as Victor Davis Hanson noted, and he was talking about the earlier segment clip that we played a few moments ago, where he talked about the two schools of thought here in the Western uh, civilization as with the US being kind of the centerpiece of all of that. One school of thought is meritocracy. That's basically, that says everyone should have the opportunity to succeed enjoy the rights and privileges of citizens. We understand we you know, go along to get along sometimes, but uh, it, people have the opportunity to, you know, if you work hard and uh, put your nose to the grindstone or whatever, you should be able to make a fairly decent life for yourself. And then there is the current uh, leftist progressive mentality that says America is, in, is in irreparably flawed. And the only way we're ever going to get anywhere is to blow the whole thing up and burn the whole thing down. And 
the, the idea that that is now the dominant thought in academia, that's the dominant thought in Hollywood, it's dominant thought in the media, um, then is coupled with the fact that, like you said, it's five minutes to midnight. And every time a story comes out, you watch the media. One of the things that we see uh, with bottom line show listeners, and now we're into our 12th year, if you can believe it, um, is the fact that there are so many people who love listening to this program. Hopefully this describes you. And one of the key reasons they say they like listening to it is because we like the variety. There's so much happening in the world right now. And there are so many different things that we can and should be talking about that oftentimes you'll find that a lot of even conservative talk or even Christian talk gets stuck on one or two issues and just pound and pound and pound and pound. And it's part of the reason why I'm passionate about our Good News Friday segments. There is good happening in the world. God is doing tremendous things all across the world and, and right here in our own backyard. It's the reason we do the walk the talk segments where we turn the spotlight on people who are, are literally not just getting on, you know, getting up in their soapbox and talking about the things they'd like to see done. They're actually getting things done. As a matter of fact, we're going to have a whole walk the talk campaign for the month of October and November and December that will give you as bottom line listeners the opportunity to literally save babies, hundreds of babies through our friends at Preborn. More on that in the coming weeks and uh, with Pastor Appreciation Month coming up and we're soliciting uh, your involvement, going to our website, nominating your pastor. And every Friday I'll be announcing, you know, we'll give a big, nice, great prize package to one pastor of the week uh, all throughout Pastor Appreciation Month. But Pastor Appreciation Month, I mean, let's how about doing it every day for the men and women who are leading our churches and, and, and taking that pastoral responsibility seriously? But it's interesting how the reason I bring up the media aspect is when the news cycle does what it does, if it's a polarizing character like Donald Trump or Joe Biden or Kamala Harris, they sniff, you know, they cough, they sneeze, and it becomes news for the entire day. And, and trust me, they know. They know. If Donald Trump you know, complains about the raid, at, well, the raid at Mar-a-Lago today, the big story on the left was the attorney general of uh, New York filed all sorts of claims of fraud and everything. And so every member of the Trump family were going after him with their corruption. And well, there's something wrong going on in the Democratic Party right now, and they needed a news story. So why not file another series of lawsuits against Donald Trump? That'll keep your eye off of the fact that the Fed raised the lending rate another 7.75 uh, percentage points. By the time December 31st, 2022 rolls around, the prime lending rate from the Federal Reserve will have gone up four and a half percent. But nobody wanted you to see that today. So what's we're going to have a press conference. Everybody eyes on me. Here I am. Donald Trump's the bad guy. Uh, pay no attention to the fact that your mortgage rate's going up. It's it, it's a it's exhausting, especially when you're trying to, you know, solve problems and and present a biblical worldview and ultimately lead people to faith when the media does what they do. And this is the danger of attaching your wagon to a guy like Donald Trump. He knows how the game's played, too. If things aren't going to look good for him, then he'll create a fire over here. Look at me. Look at me. Eyes on me. And like Victor Davis Hanson said, you know, next thing you know, you're saying Fauci throws like a girl and Liz Cheney is a, you know, reprehensible and et cetera, et cetera. And that becomes an entire day to a day and a half of the news cycle where all anybody's going to talk about is that. And we as Christians have a responsibility to use our media responsibly. Otherwise, I mean, we could potentially see the end of our union and these great United States simply brought down internally by the fact that enough people set off enough 
sticks of dynamite inside the structure of our nation to ultimately bring it down. That's, I'm not suggesting that God can't continue to advance his kingdom without the United States of America. But for such a time as this, brothers and sisters, you and I have been called here to basically uphold the values that we hold dear, to, to treat people with decency and respect, to live out the biblical worldview in our lives. And that means fighting for justice and truth and especially truth. Let's take a quick break and we'll get back with more. Victor Davis Hanson and John Anderson talking about the state of our union. Coming up next as the bottom line continues. Newport Bay Mortgage will steer you in the right direction toward the truth about reverse mortgages. Owner Cliff enjoys educating every client and wants to debunk the misconceptions you may have heard. You'll see that an FHA-approved reverse mortgage gives you financial freedom. You can use it to pay bills, cover unexpected expenses, or watch your children and grandchildren enjoy themselves while you're still alive. Cliff informs you of the facts. Drawing from his 40 years of reverse mortgage experience, you must be 62 years or older for the FHA program and at least 55 for a conventional high-volume program. It doesn't affect any credit score points and can even be refinanced after one year. When considering ways to enjoy your liquidity in, before, or for retirement, you need Newport Bay Mortgage. Contact Cliff today. Visit kbrightradio.com slash reverse. That's kbrightradio.com slash reverse or 714-741-8080. NMLS 332959. Newport Bay Mortgage, an equal opportunity housing lender. My sister just got a reverse mortgage, and she says it's one of the best decisions she's ever made. But trust me, if you think you understand the reverse mortgage market, think again. you got to give Cliff a call at Newport Bay Mortgage at 714-741-8080, 714-741-8080, or go to kbrightradio.com forward slash reverse. Do that today. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. So glad to have you along as we uh, take a little time with the end uh, of the classroom tutelage of Professor Victor Davis Hanson and his conversations that are always so edifying with uh, John Anderson, the former prime deputy prime minister of Australia. Uh, we'll put the entire 50 minute conversation up at the bottom line show.com, but we're sharing some highlights with you right now. Todd, let's go ahead and continue. Uh, this is Victor Davis Hanson and John Anderson cut number three. But my point is if you tell middle-class people you're not going to be able to afford to fill up your truck at $7 for diesel fuel. Or you're not going to turn on your air conditioning because it's a sin and we're going to make it 30 kilowatt. And you're going to be on that forklift at 18 and you're going to pay taxes for this guy with a gender studies major at Stanford on his loan forgiveness. Uh, you're playing with fire with, of going after them. And then you keep calling them semi-fascist. So if you stop and think a minute, the President of the United States between 2009 and 16, Barack Obama said these people clung to their guns. He just ridiculed them. Joe Biden has called them chumps and dregs. Hillary Clinton said they were irredeemables and deplorables. And she made fun of them in West Virginia. You know, it's gonna be, we're gonna wipe out your, your livelihood. And when you call them fascist, and uh, you have this, the FBI, members of the FBI say, how do we t stop this president? And I, or Peter Strzok says, I went into Walmart and it smelled like Trump people. Or a CNN reporter says, I went to a rally and I had more teeth than everybody in this rally. And you combine that public, or Kevin Kleinsmith, an FBI lawyer who forged a document and he writes in a tweet, viva la, la resistance. If you, if you, 
marry that with an agenda that makes it impossible for people to have upward mobility and you you, mm -hmm. you articulate your hatred toward them and you call them if you're the chairman of the joint chiefs and you say that you're exploring their white rage or you're the secretary of defense and you say that you're going to go in the ranks and you're going to find out who are all these racists but you bring no data you know, it, it's amazing how one of the, the statistics that Victor Davis Hanson shared is something I want to kind of center in on for just a moment, because we've heard from the past three administrations, at least if not the last four, we're designing all of our economy to strengthen the middle class. We want good middle class jobs, et cetera, et cetera. And when he made the comment first about the kid who's 18, graduates from high school, starts working a fork, forklift and Mike Rowe would say, good for you, you're going to make $80,000 a year. But now his taxes are going to pay for $10,000 in student loan forgiveness for the woman or man who goes to, or non-binary for that matter, who goes to Stanford and gets a gender studies degree. That doesn't seem equitable. When you put people in a situation where, um, where you can't get ahead, you can't move forward. The other day I was driving home from, uh, I got the car washed and uh, it's been a while, <laughs> it was pretty filthy. And I'm driving home and I'm listening to the radio and Billy Joel's song came on, it was uh, Allentown from the Nylon Curtain. Remember that song? Uh, it was kind of a, an homage to the fact that uh, they, the, the coal industry was kind of going sideways and a lot of people who had been, you know, that was their way of life. You get out of high school, go work in the mines, and then maybe you go to college, maybe you don't, but that was just your way of life and whole towns would come up, you know, like that. If you remember the Homer Hickam story in October Sky, it was the same type of thing. And he and the Rocket Boys were destined to wind up in a coal mine if they didn't go to college. And when you listen to that song, the Billy Joel tune, he's talking about, you know, we're, we're waiting here in Allentown for a Pennsylvania we never t found. If we uh, All the promises our teachers gave, if we worked hard and if we behaved, um, so the graduations hang on the wall. They never really helped us at all. Um, they never told us what was real: iron and coke and chromium steel. And now the you know, but they're, they're, they've taken all the coal from the ground, and the union people walked away. Um, you know, the the idea that there was this American structure in place to where you could get that proverbial middle class job, and you could you know, then the the bridges. Every child had a pretty good shot to get at least as far as their old man got. But then something happened on the way to that place. They threw an American flag in our face. <laughs> this is the new America. Um, it's interesting to see how uh, a study of citizenry takes a look at this and says, well, there were problems. There have always been problems inherent in the system. But now the problems here may be the undoing of the nation, not just burning it down and blowing it up because of systems that are in place that are designed that were designed to disenfranchise certain people. Now it's just flat out evil and sheer greed that's uh, messing it up for uh, the rank and file, as it were. Todd, let's continue. Now, I believe this is cut number four. Victor Davis Hanson and former Deputy Prime Minister of Australia, John Anderson. The only data that I know that's race specific is the military always tells us who dies by race. And when you look at the statistics in Afghanistan, Iraq, white males die at double their numbers of the general population. And so when you go after them, you said, well, how long will will they take it? They're playing with fire. Well, they already have the, the recruitments in the U.S. Army are down 45 percent. Mm -hmm. Yes, this year. And the Reagan Library just did a poll and they asked people, do you have confidence in the U.S. military? It used to be 85 percent. It was less than 50 percent. And the U.S. Air Force Academy is not getting that. It, it has a uh, recruitment 
crisis about applicants. The applications have gone down, but especially the applications that qualify of, of kind of people they want. So we're starting to see people say no. We have a kind of a rejectionist half the country. It wasn't just that they're not going to Disneyland or they're not watching the Super Bowl or NBA. They're not joining the military. And they're not, they don't want their children to or go. Or the police, I'd imagine. Yeah, they're, they're saying no. And that's, that's half the country. And that was, the left always operated on the premise that they were the critical intellectual elite. And they would look at the system and they would poke holes in it. But it was always the assumption that the system was there, that there was always some guy mm -hmm. fracking oil. There was all some guy perched up on 150th mm -hmm. floor uh, washing windows. There was always a guy to fix their car, put in their granite counter, bring in their... Always someone to generate the yeah. money so the yes. socialists could There was always somebody was, when you wanted a uh, nation build in Iraq, there was always a guy in rural Pennsylvania that his family had been four generations from World War II to Korea to Vietnam, and he was going to go over there and God knows where and die for this agenda. That's how they existed. And that's not the way things are working right now. <laughs> the socialist mentality is always, uh, what's the uh, Margaret Thatcher line? Uh, socialist is, socialism is great until you run out of other people's money. And uh, thus the problem that we face. So what are some of the solutions? We'll hear some of those from Victor Davis Hanson on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. Let Wilson Financial Services help you identify proprietary financial strategies for your wealth that work for your life. Let's revisit our one-year CD. Had a client who had $500,000 of retained earnings in his corporation for the last three years. I said, if you had to put that into this account three years ago, you'd have seventy-five dollars to $100,000 of interest versus what you have now, which is a nice round number. Had a client sell his house, had 450000 in the bank. I told him, is he really not likely to buy a house in the next 12 months? You want to leave this in the bank earning nothing? Or would you like to earn some interest on it over the next 12 months? So he said, how much? I said, well, how about between twenty and 30000 He says, zero versus twenty or 30000 Yeah, he says, I like the twenty or 30000 Sounds better. Aren't you tired of earning nothing with all the money you have in the bank? Call 800-696-9970. 800-696-9970. Or go to kbrightradio.com forward slash Wilson Financial for simply better alternatives. Oh, no. Oh. Longtime Peter Gabriel fan, and when this song first came out, I went, who in the world is that? <laughs> Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Congratulations, Sherry and Walnut, one of our K-Bright listeners, and also Shawnee in Colorado, one of our KLDC listeners. Each picked up copies of Randy Frazee's book, His Mighty Strength, Walk Daily in the Same Power that Raised Jesus from the Dead. The link for that book is up at thebottomlineshow.com, and uh, highly recommend it. So, Shawnee, and uh, uh, thank you so much for uh, calling today. And, uh, and picking that up and representing from our KLDC audience. And um, also thank you for, uh, thank you as well for Sherry, Shawnee and Sherry. We're listening to Victor Davis Hanson and the former Deputy Prime Minister of uh, uh, Australia, John Anderson. We're not getting a lot of John stuff in here. It's mostly Victor. But talking about the State of the Union, what is happening to the middle class? Why are cultural elites failing our nation? and what could ultimately be our own undoing. I think it's helpful for us as Christians who are citizens of heaven, as well as residents of earth, to take a look at citizenship from an eternal perspective and then see how uh, when citizenship is maligned, uh, as it is in the United States right now, um, how it can ultimately wreak havoc. Uh, let's go back to the clips now. I believe this has got number four or five. Todd, go ahead. 
But when they take power and they destroy the energy industry, and when they uh, destroy the military, and when they destroy the reputation of the FBI, there's no there there anymore. And so the people who kept the country running and allowed these people to be professors and lawyers and media critics, they're the, the frill. They're the, the hair and the nails. They're not the muscles and the organs of the, of the organism. And when you start attacking those people that make the country run, it's not just white, I'm not saying white, it's everybody of the middle and working muscular classes. They warred on them. And, uh, and when they, you don't want them in rebellion because yeah. they'll shut, we yeah. saw that during the COVID shutdown. When they stop working or when they, uh, you know, and half of them stopped working, they couldn't work, their businesses were destroyed. And then the other half were the only people that kept the country running. You know, it's interesting when you think about what happened during the COVID pandemic and how it did impact those of us here in the U.S., but also all around the world and how the long term ramifications. I don't think the cultural elites who thought this is great. We, we, we need some central planning and programming. We're going to go ahead and, uh, you know, we'll control everything. We'll, we'll control your job. We'll control the currency rates. We'll control uh, the economy. And, and th that'll be better for us because then we can plan our own political agendas. I don't think there are certain things that they counted on happening, like first and foremost, and this is probably the, 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 the grossest miscalculation of the elites who made these decisions. No one could have imagined, at least not on Capitol Hill or in Sacramento, that the number of people who were in equity positions would actually start tapping into the equity they had, whether it be cashing in their 401k and retiring early, taking Social Security early, or the big one, real estate. The government rushed in to prop up the real estate market during the pandemic. And so people took advantage of it. There was no new building. So new construction became a premium and prices went up. Equity values went up in homes. People started cashing out, selling their homes in California, moving to Texas, selling their homes in New York and moving to Florida. And all of a sudden there was a huge wealth transfer that the elites didn't count on because it impacted the working class. That's number one. Number two, those working class heroes that Victor Davis Hanson was just talking about were all supposed to be in desperate need of a job and would be buzzing to get back to work after Ali Ali Oxenfree came out. And by the way, the president just this week announced that he says the pandemic is over. Two and a half years of this nonsense. But guess what happened? A lot of those same people who are in that category of kind of working paycheck to paycheck but did have a little bit of equity in their home, maybe a little retirement that they could kind of, you know, get out of the stock market because the stocks were starting to tumble like crazy this year. All of a sudden, they didn't need the government support. Heck, they didn't even need to work. And that messed up the elites because as Victor Davis Hanson duly notes, now who's going to go ahead and, you know, mow my lawn? Who's going who's gonna to clean my house? I mean, that's really what we've come to as a nation. Citizenship does have value in God's economy. It absolutely does. And I'm not suggesting that that means that our citizenship in the United States of America makes us any better than anybody who has citizenship in any other country. But the concept of citizenship is being so devalued in this nation right now. I want to encourage you to look to the cross and look to your eternal home of heaven and ask the same question. What is my citizenship worth there? When I'm not in heaven right now, when I'm on earth, how do I live as a citizen of heaven, first and foremost, with the way I treat the resources that I have? 
whether it's the economy, the environment, our relationships. What about the way I treat the political system? Am I only looking to kind of Christianize the whole world? Or am I hiding out of the way saying, let somebody else do it. I don't want to run for city council. I don't even want to vote for crying out loud. It's amazing how many people who have called to be in the world, but not of the world, aren't even really in the world. Brothers and sisters, look at John 17, John 13, all, all the, those five chapter block there. And you see Jesus praying and asking God not to take us out of this world, but to strengthen us and protect us as we continue in this world. That was his mandate and his desire 2000 years ago. It's still the same today. How are we going to live out our citizenry here on earth? That's the bottom line.